How you guys doing? Thank you guys for tuning in to the third episode of our podcast here. So I just want to give a big thank thank you to all of our followers um, and all the support that we've been getting, especially mm-hmm. from all the content, especially since Sebastian's <laughs> been back. He's been delivering great content. Absolutely. He's right over here. You guys can't see him, but we're going to make it all that happens. Making it all that happens. You know what I mean? A lot of but, people have been coming in for him. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's people bring their cars for pictures yeah. taken by it's, Sebastian. It's no longer no. where is Mike. It's where is Sebastian. No, who's the media guy? I swear to God. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four people so far in the past oh, really? two weeks. I swear to God. Yeah. First thing they say. Yeah, it's the first the guy they see right here. Yeah. You know, man, yeah. man of the hour. Yeah. So he's blushing right now. He's blushing. <laughs> he is. He is. But he we likes know. It. He likes we it. love the support. Like I said, it's just, it's unreal. We just had a guy from Pennsylvania come up. Uh, my man Tamir, uh, we appreciate the kind review. Yes, and he's uh, coming back. And he's coming back. He's coming back. And it's all the way from Pennsylvania. He had actually he's got his got his car towed, five hundred bucks to tow it all the way from Pennsylvania yep. to here. And unfortunately, we figured it out. And honestly, probably about thirty minutes or so, it was just a you know a bad coil <laughs> that another shop put in. They just put a cheap coil in. They're on the you right know, track. we're gonna have yeah. more videos about this stuff, but I will tell you guys, you cannot put cheap parts in Mercedes, and that's what we're trying to showcase here. We see it all the time. You know, like you can just type in Mercedes Benz coil, and yeah, I'm sure one's gonna pop up for twenty bucks. But you got to look at the list price on what a Mercedes part is. If it's three hundred bucks and it's selling for, t- and you can buy a cheap one for twenty, I'm telling you right now, it's just not gonna work. It's yeah, just, you're gonna notice immediately the difference. Immediately. Well, because we're gonna get a call. And so, you know, Tamir wrote us a, a long paragraph about what was going on in this car. And I, I get these all the time. I get emails from all around the world, you know, Poland, Dubai, whatever. They're, they can't figure this stuff out. And it's getting to this point where it's like, you know, it's very, get, getting very difficult to diagnose these cars yep. without we need to see them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, he wrote me a laundry list. And I'm like, to me, if they did all these checks, I'm like, then why can't they find the problem? Mm-hmm. I mean, you well, got a misfire. I mean, there's yeah. only there's there's a list of games, man, and there's a list of players, yeah, right? Games and players, you know, and they were on the right track. They were on that, but they, you know, unfortunately cheaped out. I mean, right. Who knows if it was a shop or somebody else? Right. But, um, right. It didn't work out. Right. Yep. It didn't work out. You know, and it sucks. But yep. <clears throat> and so, if, they, if the end end of the day, you know, you put a quality part in, right, it would have been fine. But I think what uh, what Tamir loved about us was the really the communication. Hundred you know? percent. Oh, he 100%. said that multiple Absolutely. times. Absolutely, multiple times, and it, and it's like everybody is saying the same exact thing. But he which did is great. Yeah, he did more. It's work almost than as the if he packs. was here with us through the no. whole process because yeah. the communication was just there, right? And he right. knew the entire way along the way what was going on with his car, exactly. And he right. had that confidence, and I think the communication. <laughs> it directly relates to confidence in service. Mm-hmm. So if you provide good communication to people, you know, they're going to have that confidence with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, like I said, we, <clears throat> he, he brought it, he told us, he told the car to us, it came off the truck and within probably about 45 minutes, I'm like in my head, I just was like, you know, this, this just doesn't seem right to me. So mm-hmm. me and Joel pulled it in mm-hmm. and we looked and there was like a piece missing and I'm like, all right, there's, there's like a, you know, the, uh, protector that protects the, the spark plugs and stuff. Yeah, the foam. Yeah, the foam. Yeah. It was missing on one side. Ooh. So we're like, we're looking okay. at it. And like, we noticed that the coil, the boots, they were like the old version boots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm I like, saw them. Yeah, right. Yeah, you I'm saw like, them. Huh. Yeah. And then they're like, I'm like, huh. And I think, honestly, I will say this. So Beru used to be the, the, the supplier mm-hmm. for Mercedes, mm-hmm. but they have a Chinese version. And then they have the like the 
the German version, yeah, I believe. I think. I don't know if it's German or Italy or wherever it is, but they have a Chinese version, and those are the ones you don't want. Right. But if you if you buy a coil and it's got the older style or you know coil you know body body on it, then yeah. you you the boots absolutely you, yeah. you don't want them. Nope, you don't want them. Nope. But so Mercedes for the longest time they went on back order for the oh, coils. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when you were at the dealer, what were they buying? Beats me. They're buying. Well, at first it was O'Reilly's. And then what was happening with those? Well, ones? I put one in and it caught on fire. What? Yeah, I came back a week later and they said it's misfiring again. And I'm like, all right, let's take a look. I pulled the air boxes off, look at the coil pack, and it's melted. And I went up to the parts manager and said, I'm not using these again because this is going to set someone's car. On so fire. this was in a dealership setting? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have any choice. Right. You, you know? don't have, when you're at a dealership. And then we started getting um, the OE equivalent. Right. After so that. I've never heard of that happening in a dealership setting. A, a, an alternate part other than Mercedes was used. Yeah, on you know it, that does cl- happen. To, yeah, I mean, I, I believe it was clients' request too because it was either okay. that or let their car sit. I've never for, even heard of that either. Even if a client requests an an outside of Mercedes part at a dealership, that, yeah, that think, does happen. You would think it'd be a better quality part that was picked, but I mean, I'm not in the parts department. Right. You know? I was looking at it, I'm like, you know, this is what it is. It's what, what you're given. That's how a dealership tech works. You know, you right. kind of get the part. It's kind of what it is. Right, right. You know, you throw it in. So from a technician standpoint, when mm-hmm. you receive a part such as that mm-hmm. and you open it out of the box, mm-hmm. what are your first initial thoughts? Is this just going to be a bunch of extra steps? Well, obviously. You know, do you want extra time? Like, No, I mean, it's it was still an ignition coil pack that bolted right up. Right, for example. The, you know, the problem was it's like nothing else I can do about it. You know, this is the part they gave me. And uh, it's, I knew the actual OEM part was on back order. So I put it in. Okay. You know, and then when it caught on fire and melted and melted the connector, I was like, I'm not putting another one of these. And that's not your fault. No, it's shorted internally. Right. And I was like, I'm all set. And when I first put them in, I was having a problem like when before it even left. So and I replaced one that was already new. So, yeah, when it came back a week later, I'm like, I'm not doing another one. of these. Right. I'll catch a car on fire. Right. And I'm not doing that. That's dangerous. So long story short. Please Quality stop buying <laughs> Mercedes parts from AutoZone right. or whatever. You can do that, but just make sure it's the OE equivalent. For an example, Bosch. So the reason why these coil packs were on back order is because they're changing manufacturers. So it was Beru, but now it's Bosch. Mm-hmm. And what we, we mm-hmm. stock is we stock all Bosch coils. Now, mm-hmm. we could get you a Mercedes coil, but it's going to be 150 bucks versus a, you know, a Bosch coil is, say, $80, 85 Exactly. So OE it's half the cost, but it's the OE equivalent. Mm-hmm. It's Bosch is who makes the Mercedes part yep. now. And you can just tell the quality difference. It's just it's night and day. When you get right. the Beru Chinese version, yeah. like you saw those, they got yeah. the older boots on boots. it. They're, they're, they're thinner. The, right, yeah. the writing on it, the, the color, the coil. Yeah. And, you know, his brand new coil was causing this misfire and the shop didn't know that. Wow. But a shop like us that specializes in, say, just Mercedes, is we know that cheap quality parts just doesn't get us anywhere. And that's why we don't put it in. Right. Gets us cars that come back. Right. Right. We, yeah. we don't have time to make, you know, fix our issues that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's exactly. Just, it's just one of those things. And that takes us to a new avenue that Mike and I spent probably, I don't know, what did you say, about two hours figuring out? And that's that um, OEM filters, you know, that are produced exactly the same way, you know, for instance, like oil filters. Right. Uh, we, we compared the man filters, for instance, to the Mercedes-Benz filters, and there is no difference. Right. Well, 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 
why that is is I mean you got the manufacturer Mercedes doesn't make any parts right so you got for right. example you got uh, the 272 273 112 113 oil filters right yep they're all ba- made by man they got a you pull up Mercedes Sab it's got a Mercedes stamp and a man stamp yep so everything's packaged the same it's just a different box even the, the same the plas- directions are inside. Yeah, the, the plastic and everything's the same. It just has a man stamp, but no Mercedes Benz. Right. right. You know, so, you know, that's just how the world right. works, so, unfortunately. Now, someone might ask this. Yeah. So, should you use a Mercedes Benz filter to stay in warranty? Well, why would you? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's the exact same part. It's the OE equivalent. It's made by, the same, manufacturer. It's it's made like, by it's, the same manufacturer. It's one of those questions, like along the lines of, oh, if I bring it to you guys, will my car be covered under warranty still? Well, it's just explaining the difference. It's just there's yeah. no difference. Right. Yeah. The only it's difference is you price. Look at it. Mm-hmm. But in all if you want the Mercedes Benz oil filter, right, with the little stamp on we it, we got yep. it. We'll give it to you. Oh, we yep. have. It's just like we the spark plugs. Yeah. This is like the spark plugs on the V6s and everything yeah. like that. Mercedes versus Bosch. The Mercedes ones are now listing at $32 a spark plug. Now think about a V8, 32. That's why the dealerships are yeah. $700 to get spark plugs done. So all we're trying to do is just explore different avenues to save people money for the same exact part right. that they would otherwise get right. without Absolutely. the Mercedes-Benz stamp. Absolutely. You know? But like, also explaining it to people. And then from a technician right. standpoint, right. how do you feel about those parts? When you receive them on an RO, mm-hmm. what do you think? What are your first initial thoughts when you say receive a, I don't know, for instance, a, a Bosch ignition kit? I mean, they look the same. Mercedes, yeah. They look ex- If I take a Mercedes one and a Bosch one, they look exactly the same, right. you know, and we've had no problems with them so far. <clears throat> so I'm more than happy to put them in. Right. You know, it's not a big deal. I see why. I see why, obviously, the dealership doesn't do it because they're not going to sell aftermarket parts. Well, they're a Mercedes brand, right. so they have to they sell have They have to sell them. Yeah. That's, so I can't, like, fully they pay, blame them for they that. They pay money to get that stamp on that part. Absolutely. So they got to sell saying, their like, part. Absolutely. Right. I 100% right. get that. Right. But I can't fully blame them for having to use Mercedes-Benz parts, you know? So I get that. So All right, so I have a question. But I'm going to regularly use Bosch parts here <laughs> right. if we have to because it's OE equivalent. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just saying I'm not trying to, you know, we're not we're not putting underneath anybody underneath the knife today. Right. Right, you know. So you're telling me if you have your car, your car has a Bosch alternator in it. Mm-hmm. You're going to put a Mercedes-Benz alternator or a Bosch alternator? Well, who am I Am I putting it in myself or am I bringing it to somebody? You're bringing it to somebody, and you're putting it in yourself. If I'm going to the dealership, yeah. or if I'm bringing it to an independent, if you're bringing it to an independent, yep. you want a Mercedes one in there? No, I would. I'd probably get a Bosch. It's cheaper. No, I see why. Why we, is it cheaper? We do it. Is it the same part? Because it doesn't have the is name. Is it the same part? Could be. What the? What do you mean? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> you so got a printer. All it does is just print an extra print. label. It's OE equivalent. No, it's I'm, the it's the it's the exact it's, same alternator. Sometimes that alternator it's funny. Sometimes a scratch. Sometimes a part number scratched on the. Yeah, case why is that? Because they don't want to the reprint. Oh it. yeah, no, I get. It's that. easy to just go. You know what? Just take this alternator out this if Mercedes was, box yeah. and put it in the box <laughs> box and scrape the label. If it was off. my Benz, I'd be paying for like a Bosch one. hundred percent. Right. It's cheaper. It's the same part. Hundred percent. That's all I needed you to hear. You hear so that? I, I do you have a question though. With yeah. this on this topic, <laughs> yeah. what is tax? What are the difference between aftermarket and OEM? Well, for the you, viewers. Usually it's just quality. Okay. It's quality of the part. Like just like the coil packs. So like I'd never heard of an OEM Mercedes Benz unless something like, you know, wire shorted together. I never really heard of them catching on fire within a week. Right. You know, it's not a quality an OEM of parts, part. the circuit boards inside of the parts. And they're put through the same That's exact testing as a factory part. 
What, the aftermarket one? No, the OEM one. OEM one? Aftermarket versus OEM here, you know? Right, exactly. So I I, I feel like the aftermarket stuff is going to be your stuff that you get at AutoZone, and that's the stuff that the car wasn't really tuned for. The OEM stuff has already been pre-approved for that. It's just, it's just, in my eyes, it's just better quality. Right. You know, it could be off, like amperage or whatever, but... I will say there's some certain sensors for sure, like O2 sensors. I don't, you got to go OEM with that. Type yeah, of you stuff. do. So what is certain OE? parameters? Right. Well, so what does OE stand for? Original, what does equi- original equipment, yeah. What does OEM stand for? Original, original equipment, equipment manufactured, manufactured, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Aftermarket is just its own different it's just category. A, it, yeah. yeah. It I mean, we could, we, could talk about we could talk about this all day. All day. Yes. All day just, but I think right. what we're trying to do is emphasize <laughs> to our viewers that, right. you know, you want to go for the OEM right. stuff. OE at least. Right. Uh, yeah. It's honestly, to people that don't fully know, it's a confusing topic. It is a confusing topic. And I've had a call we, all week about exactly. this from someone who just bought a C300 right. and who's had consistent misfires. Well, right. I, I inquired and, you know, they, they said that they... Provide, they were provided parts from, you know, it was some third party and it wasn't, right. you know, Mercedes or it wasn't FCP Euro or anything like that. So, you know, I said, mm-hmm. you know, okay, well, well, maybe we could look back at what, you, what parts you put in. And that turned out to be the issue. Right. I mean, it happens. You know, sometimes you can get away with aftermarket stuff. You can. Sometimes you can. It depends on what it is. And that's why, uh, you, you know, you, you give. You can't com- say that on our podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you can. We get will never put aftermarket I'm telling you in right now. You, you, you throw all that aftermarket well, stuff aftermarket, out. It's either it OE equivalent here. stuff. You need to yep. be dealing with manufacturers that actually make parts for Mercedes. I don't know what. So what's what, the difference between OE equivalent and aftermarket? What do you mean? It's the original equipment. So that's what came in the vehicle. I'm just saying, when I think of aftermarket, OEM I think is of anything aftermarket. that's not Mercedes-Benz. That's when I say aftermarket, that's what I mean. Yeah, well, you need to get that whole dealership stuff out uh, of you. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, like yeah. way out of you. Because that's, that's like dealing. He bros a shop owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he knows just, everything about parts. Well, pff, I, I know a lot more. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. he, a I'm little bit, saying. a little bit. Yeah. Here they go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, for us, especially because because we do a two year. Hold on, hold on. Mm. We we have like we put quality parts in number one. We don't want to come back. What? Number two is because we have our two year twenty four thousand mile warranty. Yeah, and who has yeah. to pay the person? Who has to pay you to do it twice? I do. Yeah, but you can get you can usually make a claim like with Wolfpack or whatever. Right to get yeah, for well, labor. Yeah, it's a pain. It never happens. It's a hundred percent a pain. It's a pain. That's why we want to. Put yeah, they quality question me in. and they they actually never like, oh, did you install it right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> How many foot pounds? I did install it right. Thank you. Well, you don't install yeah. anything. Yeah. It's me or Joel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Anyways, yeah. yeah. My guys, whoa, you know what? Next time I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to go ask Adam if he installed it right. Yeah, he should. <laughs> good you install it right? Tell me, Adam, what was the procedure? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So we do Service have a warranty. Right. We do have a warranty here, and that's why yeah. it's, it's just crucial yep to use quality parts and that's why we do it and and like i said i always tell our customers we always look out for them like for an example we had a, a sprinter and needs a tailpipe now he can take it to a exhaust shop get it rewelded and mm-hmm. and, and do all that fun stuff the, the we don't do any welding here nope. we're just pretty straight right to the factory point factory maintenance factory maintenance we're right to the point we don't have uh you know a freaking uh what is it 
pipe bender. <laughs> we don't have a pipe bender. We don't have a welder. And we just don't need to be set up for that because we don't really do that type of stuff. No, not really. Now, we do deal with some rust, but unfortunately, like what's cool about what we have right here is right next to us is a fabricator. So yep. yeah, if we out. do need something yep. quick welded, like we could get it done. But as far as bending a pipe, you know, putting it in, it's just take it to an exhaust shop. They're you know, going to be a lot cheaper. It's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, and even but, dealers like that. Right, right. right. Just, no, a even a dealership. Of, a lot of independents. Right, like right. That. Like yeah. that, yeah. It's just like, exhausts, you know. It's another, right. it's another Sometimes thing. they get a little crazy. So yeah. on the sprinters, the tailpipes, they rust out all the time. And yep. yes, we do fix sprinters. It's yep. on our secret menu. I don't talk about it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we do do them. And the, and the rear tailpipes, they're expensive. They're like 300 bucks. And then like aftermarket... You hear that? We get them aftermarket because I don't even I don't even know who the OE equivalent maker of a, a pipe is. I don't know. Right. But we do get those ones. We can get them aftermarket. And they're, honestly, they're identical. And like I said, we, we put that on and it's half the price is $325. And we just had a client we did that for. And we did. But originally, what did we do? We originally quoted the Mercedes Tailpipe. We did, and then we were able to procure from our new parts vendor right. um, a, a, an exhaust pipe that was much more cost-effective, right. and we were able to present that to the client, and they right. were very happy. It's the same quality. Right. We're, so we were talking about a warranty, two years, 24,000-mile yep. warranty. Yep. Now, we got a lot of customers that try to supply their own parts, and yeah. what we find, all right, I'm going to ask you yep. straight up. Yep. When customers supply their own parts, mm -hmm. what is the percentage of those parts actually being right? Ooh. <laughs> oh, this is a oh, yeah, question. This is, to me, it's always been 50-50. 50-50. Now, this is you coming know? from the technician. All right. But, so I'm, I'll, but I'm usually comparing it before I put it on the vehicle. It's yeah. just what okay. you have to do because I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah, all right. Think ahead. So 50-50. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go over to my guy, Zach. Basically sells all the work here. Yep. What is your percentage? I'd say about 75% of the time we get the wrong bars. Okay. It's, so it's, it's, it's a lot of the time where clients, you know, they think they find something on Google. They think it's their solution. They right. found it for cheaper. It's typically aftermarket. Mm -hmm. And then we go to put it in <laughs> if we, you know, if it looks right. Yep. And guess what? Lo and behold, uh, it doesn't line up at all. So this is one thing that I'm going to say is most shops have a warranty. So for, for example, right now, ours is two years, 24,000 miles. Mm -hmm. It will be going up. But we also buy some parts from the dealership. So we also have the dealership's warranty, which is two years unlimited miles. And so what I can say is basically when you supply customer supplied parts, those parts aren't under warranty. Nope. You can't. You, you can't, can't warranty them. So for you an example, they got them. You, you, put you have a, no control over it. Right. So so. For an example, a customer buys a, an R-Nut strut online, Yep. right? And it, and it plugs in so it has the dampening valves and everything yep. on there. Oh, yeah. It's a remand R-Nut strut, R right? Strut. Which might I interrupt we, you? They have started in introducing new, new ranges of, new, of, right. of models. Like, right. for instance, their air struts. I purchased new air struts from them, which is a new option for them. Right. But continue. So we put the yeah. R-Nut strut on. Regardless. We put it all together. We plug it all in. And now right. it's got a fault for the solenoid. Exactly. Yeah, the because most valve. of the time they don't. Yeah, from the dampening valve. Yep. So most of the time they don't rebuild those. I mean, I don't know what they do, but and guess I'm not going to. You know what the kicker was? was remember? What? <clears throat> No, I'm about, not talking. I'm not talking about that one. No, I'm just saying, like, an aftermarket part, it was more expensive than the OE one. OEM. I've seen that exactly, and I always tell customers you need to like yeah. stop thinking that every time you supply your parts, it's going to save you money. Because right. for an example, we just put that R not strut in. Now you have to pay us twice, and 
when you have to reorder that right. part, you're going to have to buy that mm-hmm. part again and then return it and wait for your credit back from that part. Right. So it's like you're waiting so long okay. for all that money back. At least call us first. Now, think about you know. this. If you got that strut, it would have been probably, if you got a Mercedes strut, it would have been cheaper. And if, right. say, if it needed a solenoid, it would have got covered mm-hmm. and everything would have been wiped. You wouldn't mm-hmm. have to worry about anything. No faults. You, you might have been down a car. Yep. But, Worst you know, depending on where you're bringing it, you got loaner cars, you got, you know, it's just, you really have to think about when you bring parts to a shop. Now, not, most shops don't even accept um, customer supplied parts. Right. Um, we like to help 50, people out. We so like to help people out. So we'll do it. If we it, have reasonable but, confidence in what they're providing, we'll, we'll do it. But I'm straight to the point and I just tell you how it is. And if I know for a fact that we could have got that cheaper, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. Yep. Like today, no I was quoting out brakes, and I right. found out that the Brembo brakes and any other aftermarket, even Acubono, for instance, was actually more expensive than the Mercedes-Benz brakes, and right. which were star parts, but still. But there, there's a reason why those star parts came out. It's, it's discounted brakes, but it's basically the same quality. And they're the, the same, same quality. quality. Yeah, yep. and, and this is what mm-hmm. I mean. is like sometimes you just... Believe me when I tell you, if you're doing business with us, I'm telling you right now, we spend hours... Hours and hours trying to find the best solution for the car. Well, look, yep. all right, these Mercedes brakes are way too much. Yep. For example, an S63, $2,000 a front rotor, $2,000 a rear rotor, all right? We'll look for the best solution. If we can't find anything, we'll tell you, you're going to need rotors. This is how much it costs. This is what it is. We try to find solutions. Yep. You can put these brakes on, but I'm telling you right now, they come from China, so it's a hit or miss. Mm-hmm. But you don't buy a... You know, two hundred thousand dollar S sixty three, right? To put some Chinese hundred thousand, hundred dollar brakes on it, right? And there are so many different brake packages out there. You could have two S sixty threes parked next to each other, and they have completely different brake packages. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we we get a lot of calls. You know, people buy these cars, and you know, they have all these different brake packages, all these different options, and and you know, suspension packages. And people buy these cars and bring it to us post purchase inspection. And then they're sticker shocked. You know, it's almost as if, you know, obviously we find everything that we see that needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they buy their first Mercedes. You know, they're, they're, they're thinking, you know, oh, you know, it's, it, it passes inspection. You know, it's going to be good enough. And then we give them a quote for front brakes, for instance. And, you know, the, honestly, the cheaper parts sometimes are the star parts by Mercedes. And front brakes can be seven to $900, you know, for, for your, your basic vehicle. You know, E-Class, E350, E550, depending on the options. Like I said, you know, just, just one front strut on this individual example was $1,000, you know. And uh, it's, it's, it's just people don't have the, the knowledge, honestly, and, the, and no fault to their own. Um, of what they're getting themselves into. And these dealerships, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying any dealership in particular, but we'll sell a car under the presumption that it's good to go. Um, and then our job is to resolve what they kind of have left on the table, but unannounced. And that's, I think, one of the most complicated parts of our jobs is how we present that. Right. And I think when you're saying that, because I think I'm, people might mistake it because we talk about dealerships a lot. Right. We're talking about like used car dealerships. Used, yeah. Used yeah, car dealerships, you know, and, and, yeah. and, you know, they're all doing their own thing. Some of them are mom and pops, you know, and, and, and all the power to them in, in all honesty. And, and they have their own op, uh, operations and their own ways of doing things, uh, their own prioritization for their own clients. And, 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 and again, all the power to them. Um, but, but what we do is, is we take that kind of to the next level. Right. And I will say my biggest tip, um, my biggest, biggest tip is if you're going to buy a Mercedes, 
please at least bring it to a local shop that specializes in, say, Mercedes they have to or specialize. know Mercedes really well. And if you feel that, you know, they don't know it and you don't have anybody around you that may specialize in just Mercedes, bring it to the dealer. And I'm telling you right now, they're mm-hmm. going to pinpoint everything because yeah. we have this young lady. Um, I mean, I would say older lady, older lady that just bought this um, E550 convertible. Yep with a laundry list of stuff and it, it like it's got those struts the dampening struts and they're a thousand bucks aside and it's just the options it came with you right. know and, and, and it's very expensive right and you go bilsteins are even more money yeah the mercedes so, were cheaper, cheaper. <laughs> and this is what i mean is like you can't think that always mercedes is going to be way more money yeah um now i say most of the time it probably is but you always have to look for other options um but with these vehicles like there's no there's there's very limited options that you have especially when it comes to struts and stuff like absolutely that. so if you're gonna go buy a used mercedes i'm telling you right now this is my number one tip is bring it to a shop um and have them look it over really well because i promise you right now if you were to buy go buy a 2012 2016 e-class yep. and they say it's mint ready to go i promise you we could find something front it's, covers will be leaking it did anything, <laughs> honestly. Now, that doesn't necessarily fail uh, safety inspection, and that's what a lot of people need to understand is, yep. like, when you go to these used car dealerships, is like, it just needs to be enough to get a sticker. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you could still have oil leaks. You could still have this that will cause other issues down the road that may cause some safety issues, maybe longevity-wise. But like I said, my number one tip is get those vehicles inspected. Yes. And you know what? A lot of people, they think that the shortcut to that is just giving us a call and saying, hey, I have X, Y, Z going on. Can you figure out what's going on for me so I can kind of negotiate that in the mm-hmm. price? It's it's so difficult cool. to do that because there can be 13 different things that contribute to one suspension noise or that going over bumps. You know, we have to have it here. And, you know, if, if the dealership is reluctant to release it, even within a small radius of from where we are to where the dealership is, you know, that's kind of a red flag. So just pay attention to those things. Exactly. So I'll say one of the biggest things right now that I've been noticing personally, I mean, I'm just going to say this from me yeah um but i've just noticed that you know i hate to hit them with this but there's a lot of shops now that are specialized and just say a, they're all european so they specialize in all makes and models it's kind of like an umbrella term yeah. now i'm not gonna hit <clears throat> in for anything because maybe at one point they were you know fully staffed and everything but i feel like the trade is dying and i feel like the trade yes. is basically coming to uh basically a specialty Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very hard. For an example, if we just said we're a European shop, what is our strongest? Mercedes Benz. Oh, absolutely. Mercedes Benz. You so know? you bring us a Porsche and you say, hey, man, I got this going on at this speed at this time. Yep. But what are we going to do? I mean, we can we could, try to figure we'll look it into out. It. We can figure it out, but it would take a lot more time. Time. Yeah. You know, I and, mean, and this is what I think that a lot of people need to understand is like that's what separates us, say, from everybody right. now. We want to fix a BMW. We know we're not going to fix it as fast as that BMW shop down the road. Right. And so this is... And that's why we refer to them to the, our BMW partners. You right. Know, our, our other, our other independent shops in the area that specialize in these things. You know, we don't want to waste anyone's time, anyone's money. Right. right. And we'll tell somebody that's straight up, if you to. need, yeah. you know, you need a, I don't know, say camshaft adjusters or a camshaft or, you know, bearings on your BMW, mm-hmm. yeah. we're instantly going to tell you to go to another shop and we're going to refer you to a great BMW shop, yep. you say, down the road. Or, right. And, it, and exactly. And it comes down to like our last topic. I mean, a lot of special tools. A lot of yep. special tools, yeah. everything like that. But I think another thing that's really getting tough is just 
the the trade is dying. You're yeah. you know it is. Why is that though? Why is that, Adam? Why is that? This is an Adam well, question. No, no, sure. no, no. I mean, I think honestly, it's just like it's we don't all things. have. It's there's a lot, a lot of, things. of things, but I don't think we yeah. all have the answer to it. Now I no, think we it's have. It's all different. There's a couple different think, small quick answers. I think cars are getting more complicated. It takes a lot more to get into the trade. Right. right. But I think maybe you could add some insight on that. I mean, a lot of people are under the like. They, a lot of people think that it's a poor paying field, right? And it's a lot yeah. of work. You know, I will say maybe like. 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago, maybe didn't pay that great. Right. You know, today it pays good. Right. You know, but again, you have to know what you're doing. Right. You know, you you can't just walk into it and expect six figures. Right. You know, you have to be a literal automotive doctor. It's like I say, it's a computer on wheels. It is. You know, and it's just what it is. Right. You know, why it's dying. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people, oh, you don't want to get your hands dirty, la, la, la. Could be true, you know. A lot of people, like, uh, a lot of kids want to go into the tech industry now. Right. You know, and because you can get paid big money and, and quote, unquote, sit on a computer. You know, right. that's probably not what they just do, but that's what that's what this general, like, stigma is for right. tech. No, absolutely. You know, and yep. uh, just blue collar in general is kind of going down, I'd say. Right. Overall, I don't think it's just automotive. What I've noticed from a lot of people is everybody say everybody's getting lazier. Yes. Laziness. But yeah. I'm like, I'm like I try to like. I don't like, know what that means, stay. though. Well, I don't know what that means either. Well, yeah. I think that means in terms of hands-on labor. I think people are just more reluctant to get themselves more well, invested hands-on right. work well, exactly. versus like, you know, for instance, sitting in a cubicle and working your way up right. through the ranks, you know, which is right. honestly a very respectable career. Well, let's be but honest. That's just I mean, a difference yeah. in, in, in opinion. It's a difference right. in, you know, what, what I think societal stigmas are, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that a lot of people think, okay, well, if you work with your hands, you don't make a lot of money. Well, that's incredibly wrong. It's a stigma. Wrong. It's yeah, a stigma, exactly. you know? I know plenty of people that make $200,000 a year doing automotive, exactly. in the automotive industry. You don't hear about them talking about it. Yeah. They don't want to talk about they it. They don't want to talk about it. They want to keep it a secret. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, kind of, yeah. But are they happy? Not all of them. It Some depends of them on what they're working, it depends on, like. It's not what all about money. Per, what do you it's think the percentage is? Who make that kind of money? Yeah, Probably do you think they're happy? In the whole country? Oh, about happiness? Yeah. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. What's I'd the percentage say, you'd say? Give me a percentage. Probably, I don't know, 40% people yeah. are happy, I'd say. What makes you know, them happy? A lot of times they're too, let's just say, because I mean, a lot of people know that technicians are flat rate. Right. You know, so if they're making that type of money, they're probably there almost open to close every yeah. day, you know, so if they have families, so it's going to make them not happy. So you think it's more of a pay structure thing that makes them unhappy? A lot of people don't like flat rate. Right. A lot of people are kind of scared to go for flat rate. How did you feel about it? Um... Well, I was like hourly before and then flat rate with a guarantee. So I was worked into flat rate full time. Gotcha. You know, I feel like that's probably the way to go. But at the end of the day, if you're flat rate and you have a slow week, you only make 20 hours. That's all you can, all you're coming home with at the dealership. Right. You know, unless you come into an independent shop such as MTech, you get a guarantee, but that's kind of rare. Right. You know, you need to find someone that really cares about their technicians to get that. Now, here's what I think about that. And that's why it's it's a guarantee here is just like the amount of money that a technician brings to the dealership. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. Million dollars. There's right. no reason right. why there's not a guarantee. It's so the backbone if there's the any service managers or any service directors out there that, you know, runs a service department at a Mercedes dealership and your technicians don't have a guarantee, you should really think about it. Because I will tell you any right now, you, you're losing great text to something so simple that you could bring to the table. 
Now, a great tech is going to bring you money no, no matter what. If it's a slow week, I really blame it on management at that point. Right. Because right. we know the, low, the dealerships. It's not the tech's fault. All the dealerships yeah. around here, um, honestly, they could be very, 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 very extremely busy. Profitable. Yep. And why is that? It's just because I feel like they're lacking certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, the transparency, the, you know what I mean? It's just like there's, everybody has this certain uh, perspective on the dealership. And right. to me, that, that bothers me because like I said, when I worked at the dealership, I had to deal with that. Right. Um, you know, and it, it hurts. But why is that? And it's just, there's people not actually looking into why the dealerships are like this and look like this. Right. And there's people that are in position to not make a difference. Right. There's like, there you, you yeah, need I to, mean, they're in it for a paycheck and whatnot. They're and in like, it for a paycheck. And you got, for instance, right? Like for you, you, I know you like, I was in kind of in a similar boat at some points, you know, a lot of people, you know, I know this text while you're watching this, you know, a lot of texts say the better you get, the less money you make. Right. Why is that? Because you're going to get stuck with the diag. Right. You know, you make less hours at the end of the day if you're right. just diagnosing stuff all the time and you don't get a single service. Right. You know, I mean, I know you've been in that situation. Oh, I, I've, been I already, situation. I've already said that. I already knew that. I you was know, like, I know you know yeah, that, yeah. but you know, the folks want to hear, you know, why. So a, a guy comes in, you know, oh, he's 15 years experience or whatever, you know, he might be getting all the crap work, right. you know. I, I doubt it. Dude. But, but there's some places the that, where there's and, kids come in and they get all the crap work. Right. And then the guys who've been there for 25 years get all the good work. Now, and then the good guy gets mad. Like I said, it all depends on where you're at and why the industry is dying. Right. Okay. And then, so who is yeah. the individual that's more likely to leave the dealership environment and go to an independent? Is it going to be the person that's been there for, you know, maybe three years? Or is it going to be the person that's been there for 10, 15 years? Look, and, I think it all depends Go ahead. Now, is that going to be a structure of the dealership dependent, or is it going to be more so, you know, what type of work they take on? I think any time a tech leaves a shop, it's it could be their personal choice, but it's also probably management's fault too. Right. You know, it so it's not really a money thing, is what I, I'm hearing. I know technicians that have been at the dealer for 35 years. Like I know a actually, uh, we used to work with him. His name was Ed. Right. He was best of the best, best right. Mercedes Benz technician in the country, three times in a row. And you know think what? That. Think about that. He retired at the dealership. Right. Nice. And he was there the whole time. Right. Now, wow. why is that? And that I was, I'm going to tell you, you know? one thing. One thing. That's that is question. one older guy that I've, I've worked in four different dealerships. That is one older guy that I'll have the most respect for. Okay. Because there's one guy that best. doesn't matter. He would tell you if he didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then oh, you know what? what He'd go great. right back to his computer and he would just come back with a laundry list of stuff. And he's like, you know what, Mike? This did this because of this and that and this and that. And I'm like, wow, man. Like, this guy actually cared about it, and he was still that old. Like, he still wanted to grow and be great. Now, why is that? I, 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 honestly, I personally, I think it was he still had passion. Passion. Okay. It's so it's a sense of, of the personality of who, mm -hmm. and, and it really is more of a sense of right. what their personality is right. like before. And then, the yeah, and then I know people that started off in the independent world, and they've been there ever since. So or, they really just have to have that drive. It Definitely. All, I think it all depends on what you want in life. The right. independence, I feel like more, you have more flexibility for schedule. Right. And you kind of treat but it more. I don't more. think it's that's a family. It's, I know. And it's, it's definitely a huge It's a family factor. environment, and the dealership is good for, in my opinion, for kids starting out so you can really learn and evolve and just learn the brand. You so, know? so here's my I one. I feel. 
So it's great. Then this is my biggest problem. This is what I saw when I worked in a dealership. Mm-hmm. All right. When you're a young guy that walk it walks in. I know where you're going with this. No, you're yep. your young guy walks yep. in and then you're just put next to a guy and yep. he's just bitching every single day. Mm-hmm. And then Absolutely. you're next to the guy to your left and he's bitching every single day. Absolutely. And then yeah. you got this guy bitching every single day. Them. Nobody wants to help him. Yep. And then you got a guy over way over in the corner with his headphones on, doesn't care about anything but making money. And he's willing to help anybody in the world. But that guy is not going to be the leader. He's not going to, he's, he's our highest producer. He's not going to be our leader. And then you got these two guys that are, is the leader Mm -hmm. and is the guy you have to look up to. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this is why these, these young guys aren't going anywhere. Yeah. It's like you said, you know, people are put in place where they shouldn't be. Right. No, that's because they have, that is the biggest issue. I'm telling you right now, 10 times that that is the biggest issue with all these dealerships. And that's what I've learned from wherever I went. That's why I put my headphones on. Everybody remembers me when I was at the dealership. I had headphones on. Oh, I remember. I just block (laughs) all the noise. Yeah. So the beats, beats, (laughs) beats. You know, think of, you know, I always sometimes, you know, we don't really know him personally, obviously, but Dr. AMG, right, right, right. you know, he still works at the dealership. Right, right, yeah. You know, I'm sure he's treated very well. Yeah, he's treated very well. Yeah. He could, he, you know, for damn sure, he could start his own shop. Yeah, well, I asked you, Sebastian, I had exactly. a one-on-one you talk with him. You had a one-on-one talk with one-on-one him. One-on-one talk with him. And he didn't want to do it, right? Yep. As of right now, right? Oh, Whatever. no, he did it. We don't know his own plans. No, oh, no, no he didn't want to, yeah, the shop. Uh, I'm yeah, saying, there's I a got, reason why he's at no the dealership, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just... To me personally, it was I think just, it's up to the person yeah. about the independent yeah, versus that, dealership. That, you know? that guy could take over the world. Yeah. Mercedes knows that. That's why these uh, absolutely. That's why he's partners with him. Yeah. Oh, he could. He could oh, run a very successful shop. 100%. You know, I don't know what type of person he is. Yeah. You know, but just from like what we see on social media side, he he, he probably do pretty well. Yeah, I think a know? lot of people are also very scared of taking the leap. Um, that's the type of guy absolutely. that he's got everything in his uh, in his plate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my biggest thing, I'd say a message to him, you know, a doctor, to, uh, a message to Dr. AMG. Listen, if you were to ever leave the dealership, just know one thing. You're going to piss some people off. Right. But I'll, at the end of the day, you got to remember who got you there is the people that actually look up to you. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that are actually going to take care of you and, and, and take you all the way. But I will say right now, like we all know, everybody knows I'd say probably 95% of his followers knows that if he took off and did his own thing, he'd kill it. 100%. Yeah. And you know what? And he'd I have feel, all the support in the world, I feel. Right. Like yeah, from, you know Mercedes should support him. I don't know. You don't know, but don't that's because you work at the dealership, and that's yeah. what you get when you leave the dealership. You get hate. You get all that. But yeah. it's just like if you guys left, I would still support whatever you guys are doing. And that, to right. me, is what makes a great person, and that's what makes great things happen. Which yeah. brings us to that question that what? that guy asked. What's that, what, did, what did he ask? Remember you said, uh, how do you feel about other people having their own social media? Oh, yeah. How do I feel about my techs having a social media? I think that's important. If they want to have their own social media and showcase their show- stuff, that's what that's what it's all about. Yeah, You're really showcasing what everything's about. Now, there's one thing that a lot of shops, if they follow me, I typically follow them back. Right. And because I want to be there, if they want to ask me a question and if I need them for a question, I just think one of the biggest things in the, in the dealership world is – when you're a new guy, it's very hard to know who to ask for questions because sometimes you get a smart-ass question. Absolutely. Sometimes you get a straight-up question. And sometimes you get a difficult, a guy that's actually trying to help you, test right. you, which is great. So, But sometimes you just get that asshole. Oh, yeah. He'll just say, oh, this, and then he'll just <clears throat> look over you and grin and want you to mess up. Right. You Set know? you up for failure. Set you up for failure. Why right. is that? You shouldn't even have any of those in the shop. I'm telling you right now, if I had one of those guys in the shop, I'd be like, see you later. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what peace I mean? Out. Yeah. yeah, peace out. Yeah. But it's like there's no I don't think anybody's really everybody has their their goods and everybody's got well, their why bags. do they get away with it? Why do they get away with it? It's the management. That's just how it's run. Well, and it's because does, management doesn't know how to run it. How does a technician that's like that that has that type of attitude stay in a bay? What Typically it, because numbers. they're numbers. Numbers, because all that matters is making hours. It doesn't matter about, you know, messing up all the time or anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about numbers. 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 It doesn't matter about your CSI. It doesn't matter if you're a team player. If you've got tunnel vision, you're making your numbers, you're good to go. You're good to go. If you make numbers on deals, oh, you put your head down, you make your money. They don't care if you're helping out with the tech next to you. It's not even about like, oh, we're not, you know, here to make friends at work. It's like, but you're also not there to make someone else's life harder. Right. You know, if a new guy that looks up to you, has passion, wants right. to be in the field, and hey, I'm having trouble, I got this CAN network down, yep. la, la, you know, what do you think? Right. You know, I got my tips documents covered, you know, I got this covered. What, you know, what, what should I do? And, what should you, and you look at them and go, what, you don't know? Right. Yeah. That's, that discourages That's what takes people, people out it of It discourages the, new technicians. And I will say that's one thing I'm telling you right now I dealt with. For so long in the in the dealership, and I, I was lucky when I worked in Texas that I had a shop foreman that basically guided me through things, and I had that guy next to me that was kind of like that. But my shop foreman would tell me, "You do it like this, do it like that," and then I'd do it, and then he would tell me why I did it like that, right. and then I'm like, "All right." And if I had to ask twice, he would then stand me up on it, you know. But can I ask you a question? Can we sure. talk about that time where when we worked at the dealership yep. together? Yep. And what? How, how long were you in the dealership for? When did you start? What year? I don't even at, remember. I don't even care. At dude. that local. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking like, about the camshaft? Yeah, that's a way of back in the, Yeah, I'm talking about the camshaft. All right. So, what, you want to hear the story? I want to, like, yeah, give us a story. Like, kind of give them an yeah, idea. Yeah, so I was doing my first camshaft job on an M278. And V8 yeah, twin turbo. V8 twin mm-hmm. turbo. All right. And it was on an S-Class. All right. And I was timing it up, and honestly, I got lost. I lost timing, and I instantly got nervous. I was probably it was probably my first year at the dealer, yep. and I was doing this camshaft job, and I kind of was like, eh, kind of go up to the foreman, kind of go up to the team leader, kind of got nowhere with that, right? You know, and then I'm like, you know what? This new kid named Mike came in. I heard him <laughs> talking the game about. <laughs> M two seventy eight and two seventy six about timing, because like I was shortly because I honestly I wasn't like oh I'm gonna make friends with everybody there but I honestly loved talking to everybody that came in right you know I was like I get, I want to get to know you I'm right. like where are you from like I right. love hearing stories and you know what I'm glad I did that's a game changer so, right there it's, it's like almost networking right right so yeah I'm like you know what I ripped the little gem we had over there electric golf cart over I'm like hey Mike you know I got the two seventy I'm doing a camshaft you ever time one of those. Mike just looks at me. He's just like, plenty of times. <laughs> he said something like that. And I'm just like, I'm just I think like, I, I head, found my in, Messiah. In my head, I was just like, thank God. Yeah. Well, I, just, <laughs> I think something I said along the line, did you ask your team later? I feel like it was something I, def- dude, I definitely threw that in there because I always had to do that because I knew yeah. that certain people that were in charge didn't know. I think you did because you know what? I was just yeah, like, yeah, I'm honestly, throw some no one shade. wanted to help. No, yeah, yeah I know. And I knew no one wanted to help. I don't really want to throw too much shade, but it was like, no, I'm not throwing too much shade, you know, but I have but to I let was them just know like, sometimes. Oh, 100%, 100%. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was I was asking a fellow flat rate tech that just showed up right. to help me time an engine. Right. Think about that. So I go up to you. You you go over there, and we time it up. It took like, what, five minutes? Probably. We were just like... Wow. 
looks good to me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, uh. yeah. <laughs> so why is there absolutely no sense of team in the dealership setting? Uh, it I all depends on the dealer. Yeah, man. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say there there wasn't no sense of at team. At that time, it was set up horribly. Yeah. Okay. To the current team leader, there's only one team leader at that time, and he was very awful. So what you're saying is he that didn't that even was know anything an about uncommon situation. Yeah, so they appointed team leaders at this certain dealership by experience, but it wasn't Mercedes-Benz experience. It was just like this certain guy worked at Chevy for 10 years, and okay. he was team lead. And that's different from dealership And Mike remembers him. Yeah, I mean, the team lead, like like Mike said, his shop foreman in Texas, right? I'm going to blow all that out of the water. This is what my personal opinion was. It wasn't about experience. It was about favoritism. It could be that, so it's too. Politics. Nah, that's exactly what it was. I'm okay. not, I don't care what anybody says. It's 100% politics. Yeah, I don't care what you said. could be favoritism. could be favoritism, I call sure. it a crew. It was a clique. Right. And that's why I kept my headphones on the whole time. Right. That's why I came yeah, in late I mean, all the time with my sunglasses on, because I didn't care about all that. You know, the crew, the click, whatever the you want, the the click, whatever you want to call it, could yeah. be favoritism. Oakley's and the Beats, Dre, because I'm yeah. telling you, dude, it just, you lose so much respect. It's just like, why did I come work here? You don't even know where I was just working. I was just working with a bunch of legends, right? you right. know, and I was just busting all this and I was, I took a pay cut to go where I was. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew that, you know, and I was like, I had to bust my ass to show up. Now, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I just feel like. So you kind of took a lateral move, but. is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, lateral move, but it was just, like I said, man, it's just like, what we have here is really what I'm trying to express of what I believe that we were missing at the dealership. So, like, everything that we have here, man, is just the love, right. the pride, um, what we're showcasing, what we're talking about is mm-hmm. exactly what I felt that I was missing mm-hmm. and what I needed to deliver to my guys. It's just like, it's, it's huge what we have here, and I knew what could have been at the dealership right you recognize the shortcomings and so oh, did there was I so many shortcomings right and, you and we put it all, of it and we took advantage of it right and then honestly it's like everyone is blown away when they call us for an example the guy with the m how many honestly zach since you've worked here how, how long have you worked here for i've worked here for 10 and a half months 10 and a half Oof. months all right who's counting 10 and a, yeah <laughs> <laughs> 10 and a half months and how many customers has praised you it's well, not just me. I don't want to even want to say me because everyone here provides yeah, a, a certain like, integral part of the experience that every client has. And I just happen to get the phone call for it. So I hear, mm-hmm, I'd mm-hmm. say honestly, on average, probably about half of the new, no, I'd say more than that. 75% of the new clients that we get all call us back and completely disregarding their car or whatever else. They just call us to say, thank you. Right. That's it. You yeah. guys did an incredible we job. You provided yeah. us an experience that we've never seen before to a level of clarity that we never th- thought existed. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we got one of those today from uh, one of our one of our awesome clients with a, an older S class, and and all he had to say was nothing but praise. And tell me when he oh oh you're talking about the S class one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep, right, yep, yep. And and you know he, he he brought the car to us. He's been bringing it to his local independent. And he said, you know, just the difference between, you know, you and what I've been used to is, is something that I never thought was out there that I could ever attain. And, and it's something that takes the dealership and, and it just brings it to another level of clarity mm-hmm. that I, I really didn't think existed. And, and he just kept praising that. And how old is he? Uh, he must be, you know, I'd say in his 70s, you know. And, and this and is what I mean. He gave me a hug when he came to pick even up his older, car. Even older, man. Even older. I Maybe, feel. yeah. Yeah, He's him old. and his brother. Great guys. Oh, that guy. This is okay. a, like 70 plus year old saying this. 
Yeah. And what are, one of our older customers is 94, and he gave us the same phrase. He did. This yeah, guy's been around guy. for 90-something years, and he's getting a He's had his own businesses. He's told us how he ran his own businesses. As a matter of fact, we had a car yesterday from another business owner from way up north in New Hampshire, and he said the same thing. I've owned my own business. I know how things work. I know how communication is. I know how it's like running a team. But you guys have hit every nail on the head. And I'm not trying to like fluff us up or anything like that. This is exactly what he said verbatim. Yeah, but we're just, we're, you know, we're proud of it. We That's are. just like kind of like why we do this. Right, because right, we, know? again, work together and we all bring out each other's strong suits. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the difference is between us and any dealership is we work with all of our strengths. We bring it all together as mm-hmm. to one product that the client sees the moment they pick up their vehicle and they see that difference. Right. No, it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge, man. Yeah. And that's what, I, like I it's said, special. that's what really separates us from, <laughs> from everybody else. And, and that's what I mean. I don't mean the, the bash, but I'm talking there's about no the, bashing. there's no bashing. Yeah. It's Everyone's just more, thing. there's more of the, the, the shortcomings and understanding why, you know, these, these techs are leaving the dealership. It's just, mm-hmm. you're missing the most simplest things, you know? And I remember right. one, one thing right before I left, I remember I told one of the service directors cause I told him I was going to leave and he goes, so I told him, I was like, yeah, I just want to be a service director. They told me I was too young. They told me I wasn't ready. And really? I'm like, what makes me not ready? Yeah. What, I think what makes any of us not ready? Background. I don't right. think age has anything really to do with it. you be a team leader? I'm a team leader. That's what I got. That's what you got. Yeah. I, I got shot was, foreman. I thought it was funny. I got, I got shot foreman, and then I got assistant shot foreman. <laughs> Shop foreman. At, I got first. Yeah. I got sprinter shop foreman, yeah. and then I got assistant, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, so when's that gonna happen? Oh, a couple of years. <laughs> a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, wow. it's false promises. You yeah. know. I, I honestly, I, I never wanted to be a shop foreman. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be a service director. I want to run the whole department. Yep. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what mm-hmm. it is. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So what does it take to be a, a, a shop foreman versus like a service leader? Like a director? Yeah, like a service director. Do so you know what a service director is? It's someone that runs the entire service department. You know, that's from, you know, your A services to your, you know, transmission out jobs. You know, that's, that's well, relaying all of that information and, and structure to your service advisors, I think. The service, service direct- director is a little different. And it's all, it's pretty much a white collar job. Okay. But it's not, he doesn't, he, she doesn't really stick around in the shop. Okay. You don't He'll see him. Like, you don't see him. You kind of, it's pretty much the overview of the whole dealership. So they oversee every service a lot of things. experience. It all depends. So I would Go say ahead. this is the best role. My role is basically a service director. Right. Basically what I do is, you know how, for an example, like you're trying to sell a job and I explain it to you why you should sell it like this and why you should do it right. like that. And there's a way to guide someone given their situation. You know, you have there's, to kind of feel them it's out. It's basically for. you set up the processes and then you, you, you basically get everybody in line and they have to f- all follow that process. I see. So you set the stage. You set the stage. And then you got to have your guys, you know, follow the process. I see. So what are repercussions like if you don't? What do you mean? Most service directors are untouchable. Okay. Oh, yeah. Untouchable. So you're in with ownership. You're in with, you know, lead management. They run the show, man. They kind (laughs) of like the higher ups above them just don't even really look down that much. They look at the numbers. I see. You know who the first one to go is? Is a service manager. Okay. Oh, yeah. Not the director. If there's no, if the the numbers are bad, service manager's gone. Wow. Yeah. This is is just. It's not a service management is definitely not an easy job. No. No. That's why why I said I'd never want to be a manager. I'd be the first one out. Yeah. 
Even though no, I can, the manager gets the direct tip before the oh. director <laughs> all day. I don't care. Well, all you service directors out there, I know I got like a couple that watch this because <laughs> yeah. honestly, I got like a couple <laughs> that I'm really close with, and yeah. honestly, they're they're good directors though. Yeah. Um, they because they used to be techs. Yep. You know, and they understand the process. Most directors have been techs though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they've been really good ones or not, or Ferrari. you know. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to beat that one out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, no. No one knows. Um, but yeah, no. So, you know, that's just one of the things, you know, you get a lot of these young guys, they just, they're starting to see a lot of the politics. So I'm kind of going back on yeah. these younger guys. Right. All right. Because honestly, I think this is the most important thing is mm-hmm. just like, why is this trade dying? Um, and it's one of those things that I've always paid attention to. And I paid attention to it before I started a business because I knew that, this is would help my business grow mm-hmm. because personally, I personally think in, I personally think that you you're having a lot of guys that are getting leaving the dealership that are great, yeah, that are amazing, sure. like the guys that are gonna actually mold these young guys to be great, right. and then you're keeping all the guys that are making it harder for these young guys to stay. Yep. One because they're miserable, they're bitching about stuff, but those are the guys that aren't gonna go anywhere. Right, you know they're complaining because they're not gonna make any they're not going to make this type of money going to work at Nissan. Right. right. They know the specialty and they're just going to stay right there and they're just mm-hmm. going to complain and they're bringing these younger guys down and they're not helping them grow mm-hmm. because, you know, they're picking and choosing what they want to take. They want to just take B service. They're dispatchers. They're taking right. whatever they want to take, mm-hmm. but they don't actually want to be leaders and actually try to help people grow. Now tell right. me when you were at the dealership, mm-hmm. when you were a leader, what did you, what was your real biggest goal of being a leader? Was it actually being a leader or was it just having that role? No, I just honestly, it was helping people. Right. That's really what it was. Just helping things move differently. Right. Okay. Coming up with new ideas. Yes. It's exciting. You but know? were you the difference in the crowd? Were you like the black sheep? The black sheep? Yeah. Were you the difference? Were you the difference? Were yeah. Difference? Were you the different one out of the crowd? Like, was that I mean, uncommon what you were doing? You got to say this I mean, with what confidence. What do you mean by leader? Exactly. <clears throat> just a leader. You, you want to be a team leader. Like, right. I mean... Certain dealerships look at a team leader as different, but they well, just I mean, look at it as experience. Right, exactly. It's not just experience. It's not. But I feel like it's about how much you care. How much you and care. And you got to realize that sometimes a leader makes sacrifices. Right. And that's right. just what it is. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, for instance, you know, when I was leaving, a couple of guys said, well, when Adam leaves, who am I going to go to? Right. Right. You know? Like, there is and other team leaders sad. in place and other but he looked people up in to upper you. Position. But there are people he, that feel like they can't go to anyone else. I'm saying, like, I feel there. like just, you know, I wasn't even really a, like an official team leader. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. You so were just it's a like, resource of knowledge. Right, people exactly. Because I just loved to. helping people. Right. You know? So it's one of those things where it's like, why, why did they feel uncomfortable going to those other people? Right. And, and that's the stigma that needs to be gone. Right. right. But that's what I'm trying to say is you're just a game changer. You want to make things different. And I think that's one right. of the biggest yeah. things that the, the dealerships are um, missing. And that's one thing that I feel like um, every dealership that I've been at, that's one thing that they've always lacked. It's like, why? Like, give yourself, like, Mercedes Benz knows the definition of a leader. And to me, when I, they do, they They 100% because I've done all the training. And what Mercedes Benz is really all about is just unreal. Pioneering creativity. Yeah, it's just, it's unreal. So that's what I'm trying to say is like, you know, a lot of these guys, that's why they're hopping out of the dealership. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what, what can, Mercedes do what can all these all their 
Ford, Chevy, what can all they do? Because all it's all the same at all, every dealership. It's mm-hmm. not. It's just the politics. Mm-hmm. It's you know these like I said these younger guys. It's a fifty fifty chance. I'm not hitting on all these younger guys. I think there's definitely a chance, but you have to be a go getter and yeah. you have to have tough skin, man. Tough skin. You got to take yeah. some BS. Oh, big time. BS. I think yeah. it. Yeah, it all stems to a lot of many things. Right. You know, I'd say one of the biggest things is passion, flat rate. Right. Because yeah. let's be honest. What do people bitch about the most? Flat rate, time. everybody. Time. Yeah. Oh, why did I not get this time? Right. Oh, I'm missing point two. Like, right. You know, why would I help a kid out when I'm not getting paid to help them out? Right. Right. You know? They're thinking for the individual themselves. Right, exactly. Like They're thinking about themselves. Yeah, think about the team. Right, exactly. But at the end of the day, you know, does it help their paycheck? Maybe. Maybe it doesn't. It all depends on where right. it all depends. Every dealership's different, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's tough because when you get in there young, all you care about right. is making money. I think exactly. all it boils down to, but, honestly, is is recognizing excellence. Right. And if, if management isn't recognizing that someone's going out of their way to help everyone be successful in the dealership, then that's a fail point on management. Right. And I think that that needs to be corrected. You know, I don't think that management holds themselves accountable 100%. for some of these things. They so do. when you're going out of your way... They blame it on somebody else. Way, yeah, they right. blame it on somebody else. It's just you know, it's a deferral of blame. It's ac- uh, and, what and, do you always say? Accountability. Yeah. Accountability. Accountability is everything. Think about it. Before you blame that tech, you think about it. Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> See, everybody knows. These guys know accountability. accountability. Before you came out, come up... Come up with an excuse. You gotta have some accountability. It's the best thing. Of you learning. can't. You can't really bullshit, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, he's three steps ahead of you. You can't yeah. say all oh, this. This came loose, right? Because he knows it didn't come loose. Yep. Yeah, didn't so, it. Yeah, just a, you just a you know a message to all the young guys out there. Just keep it going. Um, yeah. One little side note here. We we talk about a little bit of, about education. Yeah. And one thing that we lose when we leave the dealership. What do we lose? OEM training. OEM training from Mercedes. Yeah. Now, so do we, do you, we all have a Mercedes Benz number. Yeah. Because we worked at Mercedes. Yep. Now, my thing is, is how do you feel about not having access now to training? Like, how do you really feel about that? I mean, it definitely sucks. Right. You know, because the OEM training is just exactly what you want. Okay. They use the STS. It's, Obviously, instructors that care a lot about Mercedes, it's not just like, oh, yeah, they do BMW, Porsche, too. It's strictly Mercedes. It's just like us. Right, right. Yep. You know, it's a whole different environment. You know, if you've ever been to any Mercedes-Benz training, learning like center or whatever. Now, do you it, feel it's, it's that by Mercedes just keeping it to only dealer personnel is making it they, tougher for the automotive they, industry? They, oh, big time. I mean, they have they could totally, you know, open it up. To independence because they have body shops, collision right. centers doing yep. it that are Mercedes Benz certified. Right. So is Mercedes the only brand that does this? Like, does oh, BMW? I, I'm do not this? entirely sure. No, I think BMW has courses too, and I think it's set up. It's right. very similar to just like Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. I'm, this is where I say Mercedes is always being is always about being the best mm-hmm. and separating themselves from the rest. Um, yes. They spend a lot of money in a lot of places. Now, this is what I personally think. I personally think that they should open up the schools to the public. Now, right. makes their brand more accessible. Now, it's not somebody can just get off period. the couch and just go to this course. Right. I think it's they be need some to go. They need yep. to go right. through certain courses. But or even if they've been at the dealership at one point in time, right? But your guys that say left the dealership but still want to stay up to date, yeah, they work in an independent. And you know what? These Mercedes, you know, they want 
everybody to work at the dealership. But right. unfortunately, <clears throat> these dealerships just aren't run the way they should, and they're right. not run the way that Mercedes wants it run. And people I don't even like- consider going to them as a service alternative. I think that right. by having all these other, you know, making it difficult for people to service their Mercedes makes more Mercedes on the road not as nice. Right. So you have right. more cars that leak, more cars that rattle, more cars yep. that vibrate, and more cars like that on the road are going to have a stigma against the brand. Oh, Mercedes isn't really <laughs> that great of a manufacturer. No, it's because that they don't make it accessible for the technicians to work on them in an independent setting. Right. It's yeah. It's like it's one which of those people want to pay. They want to save. They want to save their it's money and they want to go to an independent. And it makes it harder for them to do that to maintain their cars. So you're going to have more cars on the road that are right. You not could call as it whatever well. you want. You could call it a monopoly, whatever you want. I feel like just from my going back to that real quick, the technician thing, as a technician, as a previous dealership technician, they kind of want you to feel like you're part of the Mercedes-Benz family. Absolutely. And then when you leave, all of a sudden you're cut off. Torn apart. So it's kind of like, ow, my my heart's ripped out of my chest. Right, right. It's like, like, no, you can't go to training. No, you can't get access to this. Your D7's gone, right? Whatever. You know, obviously your training's still there, but it's like, so they, they kind of make, oh, you're part of Mercedes-Benz family. When you leave, you can never come back. Now, it's I would say- to be family. Right. And now, as I can say, as an independent repair shop, we are an independent, uh, independent service provider for Mercedes. Right. So we actually get kickbacks on a lot of stuff. So if we get a car that comes in, we get a kickback if I send it to the dealership for an airbag recall or an emissions recall. Mm-hmm. We get kickbacks for all yeah. that stuff. And a lot Breaks, of people don't know that. Whatever. I have a Mercedes card for cash back on buying parts, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, here's one thing. Scratch all that stuff. I don't want the kickbacks. I don't want the, the money back or anything like that. But this is a message to Mercedes-Benz USA. I need you guys to consider opening up the schools to the public and maybe even ex-Mercedes-Benz technicians. I think we deserve a lot more than what you guys ex- can expect. You got guys that are game changers that want to mold young guys to join the field and we want to learn. We want to continue yes. to learn. And you know what I mean? And right. I just Absolutely. believe that they need to open it up. And we all have Mercedes-Benz numbers, so it's not like, like it's hard. We've already went through high school, college, the Mercedes course. We all, we have Mercedes <clears throat> certification. Fully, actually fully certified. Right. You know, you know? and it, there's no reason why they can't open up the course. And these, these, this is what I mean about trying to be different. It's like, it's 2024 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are just rapidly changing. Absolutely. Education, like everything is just getting crazy. Mm-hmm. And to me by like, you know, cutting those people out and what they don't understand is like, this might encourage guys to go back to the dealership, you know, showing right. all the new technology, showing the new 100%. cars. Right. And this is going to help the industry grow. I promise you. Right. Maybe, so this yeah. is just my Mercedes. To, uh, this is my message to Mercedes. 100%. Right. Good message. You know, yeah. maybe exactly like you said, maybe someone in an independent shop might go back to OEM training be like, wow, I actually missed the dealership and they might go back. Right. But, you know, absolutely. Like I said, it a lot depends. of, yeah, a lot of guys might take this and be like, ah, whatever. whatever. But right. I, this is where I always say, you got to really stop and think about what you're saying. Even if you work mm-hmm. at a dealership, stop and think about if you left and you know, you're upset and left the dealership, mm-hmm. why you left the dealership. Think about that. Mm-hmm. And I like, think about, a lot of people don't leave the dealership because they love the brand and they don't want to go anywhere else. And it's like, maybe there's one Mercedes dealership in their local area. That's why you see a lot of people move and travel. Like that's why I did. Right. You know, it's like, for an example, if you want to go work at another dealership, like there's a couple more around here, but right. it's a travel. 
Right. Yeah. That's a move your whole life. And you're going to get similar. Right. I'll tell you right now, I didn't come here because I didn't like the brand anymore. Wait, that's I what came, I'm trying to say. Greg, I still love the brand. Right. You know, that's one of the reasons right. you had why the op- I came here. We only Mercedes Benz. Right. You but know? you had the opportunity to work at other independent other, repair other shops. Other independent repair shops, obviously, plenty of offers or whatever. Right. It's a dying field. Right. Other dealerships, of course. Right. You know? So I just think if yeah. you don't want this industry to die, Mercedes, you got to really consider opening up the schools, um, mm-hmm. open up your education and showcasing what. Um, Mercedes is really all about because to me the, those training facilities is probably one of the best around. Best around. Like I, I've never been actually happy to go to school. Same. Never been happy to go Didn't to school. Didn't like school until you I went know? there. I'm like, all right, I'm going to actually go to bed on time so I can wake up on time. Exactly. It just didn't happen in college. <laughs> <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? So, but that is, that is kind of one of my messages that I want to relay out. Um, we appreciate you guys watching the podcast. Um, really means a lot. Like I said, we love the feedback. Keep it coming. Listen, we're not like a million view podcast, but I'm telling you right now, we really want to showcase what we're really all about. Like I said, we love all you guys. We love all the support. And thank you very much for watching. Thank you. So see you next time.